0: Hey, what's up everyone? Zach here. Welcome to another episode of NLM Rebels. Hopefully having an amazing day. I am not freezing this time. So the last uh, episode I was in Michigan and it was quite cold that day. It, was about, uh, it wasn't quite cold, but it was much colder than what I've been used to recently. It was like 30 degrees or something like that, if I remember right. And I remember... Uh, being pretty uh, pretty shivery during that one. But I am now in California once again. Um, it is... We're about a block from the beach, which is super cool. And um, it's kind of crazy, though. Literally, we're... I mean it's not exactly this amount, but it's almost three times as expensive to be here as it is to be in a lot of other parts of the world that we visited. So we're literally spending like three times the amount of money. So to live here for like one month is what it costs us to live like three months in like most parts of Asia and stuff like that. And like nice parts, not like, you know, Podung parts, but like nice, nice areas, um, very westernized, and the quality of living is just so wild. Like you could literally go out to eat every single day. In certain parts of Asia, and uh, nice restaurants, you know everything like that. And for the same amount of money, you're, you know, <laughs> you could, you couldn't even do Chipotle. Uh, so it's totally, totally wild. But um, we're here for another probably month or two, and then we're going to be doing Europe for four to six months uh, with Iceland in the middle of that. So uh, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. But anyway, I wanted to spend some time with you all today. And uh, first of all hope you're having an incredible day. It is uh, very sunny here, which is awesome, Um, but that's that's typical. But today we're going to be talking about the core step number two, which is personal volume. So if you remember, if you want to go back a couple episodes to the nine core steps, uh, we talk about the nine primary steps that you need to do to grow your network marketing business. And the nice things about these steps is that they are going to be the same and they're going to work regardless of the method that you're choosing to build the business with. Um, so if you're building it online or if you're building it offline using entirely traditional methods, whatever the case is, these nine core steps are going to work. Um, you're just going to change the actual tactics inside the steps, but. Anyone that I've ever talked to or read a book by or listened to a podcast by or anything like that, all of them come down to these steps that it takes to win in the business. If you want an overview of those steps, go to back like two or three episodes to the episode called Nine Core Steps. The next episode was the step number one, the next episode after that was a random one that I said I might throw in there, and then um, the next eight, or roughly the next eight, will be steps two through nine. Um, so today's going to be step number two, and uh, and yeah. So as I'm saying this, I just I just had to throw this in there. Literally, as I'm saying this, I'm walking, and uh, and my view right now is is the beach. Um, I'm, I'm a little off of it so that the water is not too loud because there's a lot of people that are surfing and things like that and you know waves can get pretty pretty noisy if you're right by them um so i'm I'm about i don't know 100 feet away from the beach and i'm looking looking down at it from this little like you know thing up above it and uh and it's it's beautiful <laughs> it's totally crazy i mean it's just amazing that like you know literally two days ago we were we were driving in the snow from michigan to chicago we were literally driving in the snow for like five hours then we took a plane and now i'm standing here in shorts and a t-shirt uh staring at the beach, watching people surf, just crazy, and it's just beautiful, like, you know, I I think lots and lots of parts, lots and lots of parts of the world, uh, or, you know, God's creation, I think, is gorgeous, um, this is, this is another level, for sure, anyway, uh, so today's personal volume, I gave a big, a little bit of a background on this in the nine core steps episode, and personal volume is, is very important for uh, many reasons, but, there's really two, two main reasons that I think this is super important, and I'm going to kind of leave out my thoughts on customer volume right now because that's for tomorrow or step three. So I'm going to do my best to not intermingle the two, um, but they are very closely related, of course. Volume in general, if you're not sure what I mean by that, it's it's <laughs> it's what you get for selling or purchasing the company's products. So. Assuming you're in an up-and-up company, which I imagine you are, you shouldn't be making any money unless volume is being pushed through the business, meaning unless products are being sold. If you are getting a recruiting fee, that's bad. That's, that's, that is definitely a potential sign of some sort of scheme that could get hit by you know regulation uh, agencies. That would be bad. So you don't wanna be making money from recruiting. If you make money from someone getting in the business, it should be directly tied to how much product that person purchases with. Um, And in which case, depending on how it's classified, that could even be classified as customer volume for that first initial purchase, because those people are basically customers that will now choose to be business builders after that. So volume is the thing that makes you money, okay? It is the number one thing, so a lot of people, Sometimes forget this. They're so focused on getting people in the business that they forget that they don't actually get paid off of anyone getting in the business. They get paid off of the volume that those people generate. Now, obviously, this is a leadership business. This is not. This is not. Don't don't confuse me um, right here. But you have to realize that the reason that you're leading people from a financial perspective is so that they will produce volume. Um, so don't don't ever forget that because if you do, you could get so focused on recruiting and forgetting that there's volume needs to be placed that you could have a team of 5,000 people and no volume going through and you're not going to make any money. So volume is the most important part financially from a super black and white, almost accounting-like perspective. Volume is the thing that gets you paid. Okay, So you have to have volume going through your business. Number two is... Meet your volume requirements. Okay, so that's really the core step here. I, I kind of give you the background a little bit. The core step is meeting meet the volume requirements. So, if you need a hundred PV, for instance, to uh, to qualify for you know your bonuses, then then purchase a hundred PV. Now, I would I would also suggest that you, again, I'm trying not to commingle these, but you need to make sure that you're selling volume. Okay, you have to sell volume, um, but be your own best customer. If you are monthly, you know, quota, if you will, to make sure that you are always in the proper bonus structure is 100 PV, for instance, then make sure that you purchase 100 PV and don't stack products. If this doesn't make sense, like meaning if you, if, if it's, if 100 PV from your company cost $10,000, okay, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely insane sell it instead, right? If 100 PV from your company costs 150 bucks, that's a lot more reasonable, purchase the volume, right? And uh, that's gonna be a really, really helpful thing, why? Because number number one, you'll be qualified for your bonuses that you need to be qualified for. Every company, um, as far as I'm aware, they have volume requirements, either personal or customer, that you need to hit monthly on a monthly basis for you to get paid off of your downline. If you don't hit those volume requirements, you're not gonna make a commission off of your downline and that's bad. Uh, some people, this used to happen. It doesn't really happen much anymore, but it, occasionally it does come up. Some people will say like, okay, I'll start doing volume when I have a team. Cause I really, there's really no reason to be qualified for my downlines pay if I don't have a downline to get paid off of. Okay. That's fair. That is, uh, that's a, that's a correct statement. You're right. You know, if you were doing a hundred PV right now and you have no downline to get paid off of is your hundred PV even worth it? Some would say no. I would say that's a really stupid and short-term way to think about the business. Because whatever you do to your upline, your downline is going to do to you. I mean, I don't care what you believe in. If you're, you know, we're, we're a faith-based family. We're Christians. We believe in sowing and reaping. Some people may believe in different versions of that. Some people call it karma. But I think everyone can agree, no matter what walk of life you're in, that whatever you out there, whatever you do, it will be done back to you, right? And here's what I mean by that. Whatever you do to your upline, your downline will do back to you. And generally speaking, they're going to do more of what you do wrong and less of what you do right. So if I don't do any volume until I have a team of, you know, whatever, 50 people, most likely, I'm going to have a team of people that kind of, sort of do the same thing. They're going to be welfare mentality. They're going to be what do you? What can you do for me? They're going to be. They're not going to be a two-way street type of situation. And if you think about that, you compound that over time. If I have a team, if every 50 people on my team don't do volume, till they have a team of 50 people, do you realize that no volume will ever get done, aside from the random person that breaks the mold? That's really, really bad. <clears throat> A good litmus test that you want to always ask yourself is if I had a 1,000 people on my team or 10,000 people on my team duplicating exactly what I'm doing right now, would I be excited? And if the answer is anything other than a resounding yes, change the things that you wouldn't be excited about. So. Take a pulse of your business right now, okay, what are the things that you're supposed to be doing? Showing the presentation, doing your personal volume of, you know, example, 100 PV, doing your customer volume of, of example, 50 PV, right? Doing uh, uh, whatever, doing the personal growth stuff, doing the communication stuff. If those are the core steps of your business and you had 10,000 people duplicating exactly the amount of effort that you're putting into your bif- business, are you excited? Or are they duplicating one and a half PV every six months? Are they duplicating you, saying you're gonna show the presentation, but always kind of like preparing to prepare, to prepare, to prepare, wow, sorry. That guy's got a really stupid looking bike. Are you always just like preparing, like hiding under the facade of preparing? Like, oh, I would show presentations, but I'm working on my funnel again, right? I'm working working on this, I'm working on that. Like, I totally get it. You have to get your stuff right, but don't mistake preparation for actual activity or actual potential progress. Hopefully that makes sense. The last thing I wanna talk about with this is your personal volume is a direct reflection of your belief in the business. If you're not using your own products, why in the world would anyone buy your stuff? If I didn't believe that MLM Rebels, when I talked to MLM Rebels about, uh, about MLM Rebels to someone, if I didn't believe unequivocally that this is the best program or system of growth for a network marketer out there, I could not sell it in my right mind. <clears throat> I literally, I mean, could I, could I potentially sell one? Sure. I could probably sell one from a tactical standpoint, but would I feel good about that? Are you kidding me? No way. Like Now, is it a per- perfect system? Absolutely not. Does it have holes? Duh. Am I a perfect person? No way. But I'm always trying to make it better, but even as it stands with those holes, with the non-perfect nature of it, I still think it's the best thing on the planet out there, and I'm aware of a lot of ways people grow their business so I unequivocally believe and I'm unequivocally able to sell in the right mind because I'm using it myself and I really do believe it is the best you have to be that same way about your company's products and if you're not are you in the right company are you forcing too much are you forcing things that you shouldn't have to force maybe you know, I used to sell um, motorcycles. When I first got into network marketing, I sold motorcycles for a living, and I uh, worked at a Yamaha, Kawasaki dealership. I was a big sport bike guy, ATVs, snowmobiles, etc. And when I when I started working there, I rode a Honda CBR, uh, Honda CBR. And when I started working there, within about two weeks, I realized I was being a hypocrite. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, I was riding my bike to work, right? They, like, people would go outside, they'd be like, hey, whose bike is that? I'd be like, that's mine. I'd be trying to sell them a Yamaha R6. They'd be like, hey, so what kind of bike do you have? I'd be like, oh, I have a Honda CBR, right? And I was like, holy crap, I can't do this. Like, this is not okay. And so I took, so what I did next is, you know, uh, I got rid of the bike. Well, I didn't actually get rid of it, my friend crashed it, but it was a blessing in disguise. (laughs) He crashed the bike, I no longer had the Honda anymore. And I took every, like, not every day, but almost every single day, I would go out and I would say, "Hey, Mr. Sales Manager, I need to go take out the new the new ZX1000." The new ZX1000, the Kawasaki. Hey, I need to to take out the new R6. I need to take out the new R1. Hey, I need to take out this. And I would basically, I would just go use every single bike all the time. And was it fun? Was I doing it to have a little bit of fun? Yeah, of course, (laughs) of course I was. But really what I was doing it for is so that I knew exactly what was going on. I believed in my gut, in my soul that this is the best bike that you could spend 12 grand on. You know, there's a lot of bikes out there, but man, this one is the best. And here's why. And so what you need to make sure that you're doing is that you are an ambassador for your brand. Oh, we went to the gym today. I don't even believe in selling stuff like, I mean, well, I just didn't say that. That's not true. I do believe in it. Um, I just don't go out there and try to pitch my stuff on the street to people. But if someone asks about our products, you better believe I'm going to say something. We, Me and my wife got stopped at the gym this morning. We have this like really cool like filtered water bottle from our from our company. We got stopped at the gym this morning. Wait, what is that? They started talking about it for like 10 minutes. That wouldn't have happened if I wasn't using the water bottle. That wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been using the same exact water bottle for almost nine months, right? That would not have happened. I couldn't have told him the story of how I used this bottle to drink out of a swamp if I hadn't used it to drink out of a swamp. It's your personal volume is a direct reflection to your belief in the business. If you don't think the business is going to work, you're right. Why would, you, why would you buy the products from your company? In fact, there's a very good chance, I bet, that the products from your company are more expensive than the competitive pro- products in the marketplace that do similar things. I know that because they have to, you have to use your company, your, the, pro- the company has to use the profit from your products to pay out multiple levels of commission because of a multi level marketing commission structure. So most likely, it's more expensive. Because it's more expensive for that very reason I just stated, it has to be better, it literally has to be better. So if you don't have personal experience with it being better, or if it's not actually better, you're gonna have a really hard time selling it. Really, really hard time. And you're gonna have a really hard time telling your team to do volume. The most powerful thing that I can tell my team is, hey, I did volume before any of you were here, Long before I had anyone on my team, I did my personal volume. I have never, ever been below XYZ PV. I've never been below 100 PV any single month ever in my business. Not even even when there was zero of you. So I can ask them with a straight face, hey, this is something that you should do. This is a nine core step. And when you have 100 people on your team, when you have 1,000 people on your team, when you have 10,000 people on your team, and they're all doing volume before they have people on their team, do you realize... That you now have a very stable income from your volume. When people talk about residual income in network marketing, I, uh, my uh, mentor in our last company, um, who I've talked about a lot on this podcast, teaching us a lot of good things, he uh, talked about you know the, he, he talked about ongoing income. He didn't say the word residual; he said ongoing because it just kind of helped you remember that if you have ongoing income. You need to have something that is ongoing. The reason that you make money in real estate off of ongoing income is because people are staying at your house. They're staying in your apartment complex, and they're paying for the ability to do so. That is why you have ongoing income. Here, in network marketing, you have ongoing income not because you have a team. You have ongoing income because... You have people using the products, either customers or personal. You have people using the products. It is an ongoing process. If you have a big team of people doing ongoing volume, you'll have ongoing income. But guess who sets the example? You do. And how do you spell leadership? You wanna be you want to be a leader, right? How do you spell it? It's E-X-A-M-P-L-E. If you aren't setting an example for your team, even when they're not there yet, even if they can't see you yet, if you're not setting an example for the team, they're not going to follow it. The most common mistake that this that happens is what I've already said: is when people are that tr- they're saying, "I'll set an example when I have a team." Incorrect. If you're set, if that's the, you're setting an example right now, even without a team, right now you are setting the example. In fact, this is probably the most important time for you to set an example because you can say, when you have a team, "I did this before you were here," right? If you're if you're getting ready for a race, I'm a big big into racing. If you're getting ready for a race. And I need to perfect, um, I say, okay, I need to perfect this particular type of turn. I need to perfect this type of turn. If I choose to perfect that type of turn when it's race day, when I, i.e., if I'm choosing to perfect my nine core steps when I have people on my team, is it too late? Dude, you better believe it's too late. It is way too late. So I don't perfect my new hairpin turn on race day i perfect it in the hours and months before race day if i'm going into a fight the other thing i like doing is martial arts if i'm going into a sparring match or maybe a maybe a sanctioned fight let's say right am i going to am i going to uh, study the opponent on fight day no way i'm going to study him for months before that because on fight day i want to be ready you're preparing for your team right now. I don't care if you've got one zero people on the team or 1,000 people on the team. You're preparing for your future team right now. So start preparing and make sure your personal volume gets done. This is core step number two. Sound good? All right. Well, hopefully this found you well. And um, if you are interested in using funnels to build your business, that's actually what we talk about mostly on this podcast. But right now we're talking about these nine core steps. We usually talk about using marketing techniques, um, the true online marketing principles to build your network marketing business. To give you a rough idea, if this is your first episode, we used to own a marketing agency and we occasionally bring out a client every now and then now. Um, uh, We ran in 20 different industries and we've taken what we've learned and we've brought it into the network marketing industry. As far as I'm aware, we've created the only currently working automated recruiting system. Again, I could be wrong there. I've done done my background in order to say, I've done my research in order to say that. However, there are still some people that are doing amazing, amazing things in the marketing world, in network marketing, for sure, hands down. We have amazing mentors in this field as well. But as far as I know, we're the only ones with a fully automated, working automated recruiting system right now, um, I think, <laughs> as far as I know. Anyway, I say all that to let you know that if you would like to learn how to build an automated recruiting system for yourself, you can go to mlmrebelsblueprint.com. There is a 40-page blueprint showing you exactly what you would need to do to do that. It's at com, And uh, if you wanna join the, pr- the private um, group discussion about this exact topic, you can go to mlmsalesfunnels.com and request to join there. It is a free group to join. It is private, though. You have to answer a few questions to get in, but there's some amazing people from around the world sharing what they're doing to build uh, their funnels and things like that. Fun fact, I just got to tell you this. We just launched a new... It's not automated. It's a new leveraged... We call it a leveraged recruiting system uh, where we basically, you know, send traffic to an application type form and uh, and then people fill out applications to join our team. It's not like we definitely did not invent any of this, right? But uh, we've just, you know, put our spin on it, done a few other new things that make it work really, really good and stuff like that. So anyway, we found this. Uh, we didn't find it. We kind of sort of developed this traffic source, uh, if you will. Um, we're basically taking advantage of a different of a traffic source within an existing platform in a way that very few people do, especially in our industry. And um, we've been doing it for about a year and a half, but we just started letting our team use a variation of this. Um, And uh, one of the first guys to go ahead and use it, just used it on his very first try, he got... I think he spent like, I don't actually know how much he spent. I'm going to guess like 50 bucks just based on the numbers. He spent like $50 on his ads. He got 77 front end applicants. That's name, email, and phone number. And then he got 24 back end applicants. That's name, email, phone number. And then a bunch of questions being answered about um, people wanting to you know get more information about his team and business. And it's like freaking awesome. So I'm super pumped for him. Um, and I'm really pumped for this particular funnel because it's really, really good. So that's the kind of stuff we talk about. In the MLM Rebels Blueprint and MLMSalesFunnels.com, and um, I think that's about it. So, anyway, uh, if you're listening to this now and you want to be one of those people with a fully automated and working uh, recruiting system, go there, check that out, and um, and as I, as that stuff came out of my mouth, where I said like we're the only ones that have one, and I'm like I'm just like Qu- questioning if I should have said that because we have some we just, we got some friends in the in the industry that um, you know are pretty pretty big names in this space and um i don't want to i don't want to say anything like bad about like please don't take anything i said as like fighting words or anything like that like we we really respect um the other people in the industry that are using online marketing to build the network marketing businesses um we really respect the vast majority of them somebody did rip us off but um uh, but some of the biggest ones definitely would not do that. They're extremely smart and we look to them for as a lot of ad- admiration. So if I said something that was potentially incorrect where maybe they have one and I just somehow missed it, uh, please don't take that as as fighting words or anything like that. We have super appreciation and admiration for the other uh, leaders doing the business like this um, and um, we really, really respect them. And uh, we, I couldn't be more... Honestly, I couldn't be more excited for more people doing, for doing it like, for building the business like this, for automating their recruiting, for automating their sales, for using sales phones to build their business. I mean, we definitely didn't start this movement. I mean, we put our own spin on it, right? We believe that, uh, you know, we're doing really good things, but I'm just excited for you listening to this podcast right now. I'm listening, I'm excited for more people to build a business like this, because because at the end of the day, it just raises the awareness of building this kind of a business, like a real company. In, you know, real companies don't go out there and poach their family and friends, right? That ruins relationships, and very, very seldom does it actually do anything good for society. So, if more people are building network marketing like a real business, they're using real advertising, um, they're using real sales processes, real recruiting processes from people that actually want to join their business. They're not hurting relationships. Man, I couldn't be more excited. So, um, you know, I I am a competitive guy, but I'm I'm actually not like the type of person that just like wants to win at all costs. Um, I'm just not that person. I would I I actually value relationships more than I do winning. I don't know if I don't know if it's right or wrong. but that being said, like I, I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you are one of the uh, leaders in this industry. And you've been and you've been on our shows before. We know each other, and you are like literally, you know, you're you're like you're one of the people that we love and want to emulate in a lot of ways. I don't care if you're the first, per, you know, you're literally this is the first time you have ever heard about using a sales funnel for a network marketing. I don't care where you're at. I am just pumped for you. Um, to be here, I'm pumped for you to be building your, or to be at least desiring to build your business like this, be doing it in a real way, because at the end of the day, if you compound all of your efforts, if you're doing it like this, over a series of years, over a series of decades even, I think the overall reputation of the industry is going to increase, it's an amazing opportunity, but a lot of people have done some really stupid things to hurt the reputation of the industry, and man, I think together, not only can we achieve the things we want to achieve, but we can make this an amazing opportunity for our kids and our grandkids, because it's actually going to be an actual business that people want to build and people won't look down on it. They're going to be excited about it. At the end of the day, the rewards of this business, I truly believe are second to none. Well, anyway, it was amazing spending time with all of you today and um, appreciate you listening. And we'll talk to you all soon and see you in the next episode. Thanks.